Bills Mafia. What's good? This is Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious. And you now tuned in to The Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What's going on, Bills Mafia? Welcome to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. And man, does it feel good. I know it's Friday, but we're still riding high off of beating the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. And I know we need to be looking forward. That's kind of one of the detrimental things to having a show that takes place on Friday when you are listening to it. So that when I'm talking about this is old news, we beat that team a few days ago. We need to move on. The team is already talking about the next team. The injury reports are out. And I have to sit here and do the same thing that you have listened to like 10 other people do all week. So I'm still going to do it because, man, was that game awesome. And I know everybody like when it when it comes to other games, it's like, yeah, okay, let's move on. But this game was so big and I'm trying a new way of doing podcasts. Uh, Usually I'm sitting in a chair and, you know, the energy is kind of low. I keep the energy low and I'm sitting in a chair and I'm like reading off my notes and I'm talking about all this stuff and you guys are listening and I decided I'm going to take a new approach. I am now standing while I'm recording. I have a microphone arm so I can kind of put it wherever I want. So I am standing right now and man, I am moving. I don't know if you can tell it in my voice, but definitely make sure that if you like this podcast and to make sure to come back every single week, like if you came back this week and you watched last week's show, you would know just about how right I was when I talked about the Buffalo Bills offensive game plan going against the Kansas City Chiefs. You would know that I said, well, let's get Dawson Knox involved a little bit because those linebackers, they're, they're pretty much going to have to overdo it to try to shut down some of the weapons that they know we have because we know that their secondary and their defense as a whole is struggling. One of the things that I brought up is I think they're going to overcompensate for Stefan Diggs. So you're going to see guys like Emmanuel Sanders be able to eat. You're going to see guys like Dawson Knox be able to eat. I also brought up Zach Moss and the run game in there. And what happened? Zach Moss killed it receiving, and he was also doing well in the run game. The run game, again, wasn't, you know, the greatest show on earth while we were watching it. But the one thing that I did like from it is that, you know, it just got the job done. We needed to seal out the game, and it did exactly what we needed it to do. And one of the big things about this game is the significance of it. And of course, everybody's going to talk about, well, of course, we beat the Chiefs. You know, we needed to do that to prove we were the top dog in the AFC. Well, guess what? We did more than just make sure that we put our stamp down, that we were the top team in the AFC. You know what we did? We decided, hey, we're going to actually put our foot down to say that we are the best team in the NFL by holding the Chiefs to a record low amount of points that they have had this season and the third lowest points scored by Patrick Mahomes in his whole career. 
But let's also talk about the fact that we have now secured, and I, I, I say secured because I look at the landscape of the AFC. Obviously, the Chargers are still out there, and the Browns are doing their thing, and the Ravens are 4-1, and one, and we got to talk about them. But in all reality, it seems like all roads to the Super Bowl will lead through Buffalo when everything's all said and done, just looking at the schedule and how it could turn out for the Buffalo Bills. And I know I'm sitting here. I talk with my family all the time. They're a bunch of jaded Bills fans. They know they know when I say these things, they sit there and they're like, hey, don't jinx it. I understand. Buffalo Bills fans were very superstitious. And I've talked about this before, is that even though I have known that the Buffalo Bills have sucked for a very, very long time, the Buffalo Bills, this is not your daddy's Buffalo Bills team. This is not your granddad's Buffalo Bills team. This Buffalo Bills team is going to get it done. And when I say that, I 100% mean that, that this team is not that same old Bills that everybody keeps talking about, because when we sit there and say same old Bills, we're talking about the teams that could never get it done. We're talking about the teams that sat there and you thought they were promising, but then they they absolutely crapped the bed for the end of the season. So this is not your daddy's or your granddad's Buffalo Bills team. And, you know, the big thing, and when I say that we have to, all roads are going to lead through Buffalo, is that basically I think that the Kansas City Chiefs were the top dog. The Buffalo Bills have secured that they are the top dog in the AFC. I understand the Chargers, again, are there, and the Browns are there, and the Ravens are there. But just looking at those defenses, our defense is what puts us over the top of any of those other teams. And I don't want to hear about people saying that, oh, you've played bums. I don't want to talk about it. We're not going to talk about this. You guys played bums. No matter. The Kansas City Chiefs aren't bums. I'm sorry. And, you know, say what you want, but the Houston Texans put up 22 points on the New England Patriots, who Booger McFarlane on ESPN before the season was saying that the Buffalo Bills needed to watch out and be on watch because the New England Patriots were going to come in and dethrone us in the AFC East. I'm sorry. Obviously, we're talking about Booger McFarlane, so we're not talking about high-end journalism here. But what I'm saying is all these teams... Before we beat them were teams that people said we needed to look out for. The Miami Dolphins, they had a 10-win season with Tua. He's going to have a second-year leap. The Buffalo Bills better watch out. Well, guess what? Tua got put in the dirt because he's soft. And then you know what happened after that? Jacoby Brissett, who is arguably a better quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa, already, he didn't get the job done. Actually, the last shutout that the Buffalo Bills had was also against Jacoby Brissett. So, you know, it's just funny how those things work. And then, of course, everybody wants to talk about how Bill Belichick was going to, you know, take down the rookie quarterback in Davis Mills. I'm sorry. He absolutely balled out against the New England Patriots, whose defense is supposed to be revamped and really good. But you know what he did against the Buffalo Bills? Zip. Nothing. Zero. So I don't want to hear about that, especially when it comes to the teams that we faced. They're still NFL teams. They still destroyed them. And that is the end of the story one of the big things though that in this game also ended up being able to get the monkey off of our back you know a lot of people have done it they've talked about it lamar being able to get that chief's kryptonite off your back that's one of the things that we needed to talk about is that when the kansas city chiefs kind of became the kansas city chiefs 
That was right off the heels of the New England Patriots. So what happened? The Buffalo Bills had to get the monkey off of their back of the New England Patriots and be like, hey, let's get this off. This team has beat us for far too long. We are better than this team. And what happened? They went in, took care of business in the Patriots, and now they're a floundering franchise, at least for right now. And what happened this year? Well, Lamar has beat Kansas City and Mahomes. What else has happened? The Chargers beat. Mahomes in Kansas City. So now Josh Allen and the Bills to be taken as true contenders, especially after people were saying, oh, they've played trash, had to go in and beat the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes after losing to them in the AFC Championship last year. And what happened? The Buffalo Bills went in, took care of business, destroyed the Chiefs no matter what the score says. They destroyed the Chiefs on all facets. The Kansas City Chiefs could not hang with the Buffalo Bills, and it was very apparent. And if you say otherwise, you're either a Kansas City Chiefs fan or you don't know what the hell you're watching. So when we're just talking about this, what was the big thing? I call this the changing of the guard, ladies and gentlemen. This is the changing of the guard. As you see that the Chargers are now the top of their division and the Chiefs are still the bottom of their division after getting this L that the Buffalo Bills handed them. And you can see the Chargers, the Bills, all these teams that have been building, they always build to beat the team that is at the top. And what is eventually going to happen when other teams try to take down the Buffalo Bills, they will build teams to take down whoever's at the top. And they will wait for the teams that are at the top to flounder, lose players, you know, get weaker. And then they'll take advantage of it, just like the Buffalo Bills have done and what other teams will continue to do. So basically... What are we talking about here? Well, why did the Chiefs not be able to keep up what they've been doing? Why, what is so different about the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs? And I talked about it a little bit last week, and I'll talk about it a little bit more today, is the depth. One of the big things that I wanted to bring up, especially going into this game against Kansas City, is how the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs are not the same. I said it last week, the Buffalo Bills' depth is crazy. One of the problems that the Chiefs have are, one, the guys in starting positions are not all dudes that should be playing in starting positions, and they don't have depth behind them, and guys that are able to step into that role, if those dudes were to go out, it just gets worse. Obviously, if there's a dude sitting behind a guy, he's obviously going to be worse. There's going to be a decrease in the level and quality of play that you get from that player. But one of the things is that the Buffalo Bills, the way that they draft and the way that we've built up guys, we got guys that we can call off the practice squad like Cam Lewis that come up and get the job done. The Kansas City Chiefs don't have that, man. And, you know, that's the big thing is that Brandon Bean said that, you got like they had to build the team. He knew that he had to go into this offseason, be able to get to Mahomes. And what did he do? He drafted Gregory Rousseau, who I, I mean, I don't know what to say about the kid. The dude has been absolutely amazing, especially with the limited time that he had at the defensive end position in college. You know, I was one of the first ones on the built in Buffalo live stream to be like, what is going on? Why did we pick him? Jeremiah Wusukoromo was still there, who I think is a pretty decent player for the Browns who ended up getting him. But Gregory Rousseau winning defensive player of the week, not defensive rookie of the week, defensive player of the week. 
in the AFC. That's absolutely insane. Love how Groot was able to come up big. And yeah, we drafted these dudes because we knew we needed to be able to get to Patrick Mahomes. And what happened? We've ca- we're carrying. 10 dudes on this on this defensive line and we are sending waves and waves of people this pass rush is where it needed to be to be able to get to quarterbacks and we will talk about that in the second half of the show when i do talk about some of the keys to beating the tennessee titans there's a lot to break down there we'll definitely talk about the injury report coming out thankfully it's not as big as last week so it's not going to be that big of a segment but defensively this game was amazing The game plan that we had against the Kansas City Chiefs absolutely was able to stall out whatever offense they were trying to throw at us. And then offensively, let's throw some stats out there. Josh Allen, he only threw the ball 26 times. And that's just because of how much we were dominating the Chiefs on defense. He threw it and he completed 15 of 26 passes for 315 yards and three touchdowns. No interceptions. And that should pretty much tell you that the efficiency that Josh Allen was playing with during this game against the Kansas City Chiefs was unmatched and Patrick Mahomes could not touch it. He had a rough day. Josh Allen had an amazing day. And there's a couple other dudes that we really need to talk about before we finish off this segment of just talking about the Bills and the Chiefs and everything it means is that Dawson Knox, my God, you know, we've talked about it the last couple of weeks, Dawson Knox coming into his own. But if you told me that Dawson Knox was going to go off the way that he did during this game, I would have told you you're crazy. Also, if you would have told me that Emmanuel, or not Emmanuel Sanders, but Stefan Diggs and Cole Beasley were going to combine for three receptions in this game, I, I would have thought that the Kansas City Chiefs was absolutely, they were going to be absolutely blowing us away on defense. But you know what happened? That's not what happened. It was just very efficient. They weren't part of the game plan, but you know who was? Emmanuel Sanders. Three receptions, 54 yards, two touchdowns. Some of the ropes that Josh Allen was throwing to Emmanuel Sanders were amazing, especially for touchdowns and just speaking back on Dawson Knox. My God, three receptions, 117 yards, one touchdown where he even had Tyron Matthews just going, what the hell is going on? What are you doing, Daniel Sorensen? Like, there was just so many plays during this game that just made you go, wow, this Buffalo Bills team is definitely different. You know, they played it off all week where they said, no, this game's just another game. I call complete BS on that. This is not this was not just another game. This was getting revenge for what happened and what the Buffalo Bills have done ever since they lost to Houston. They've come back every single year better definitely with chips on their shoulders they definitely had a giant one during this week and they're definitely going to have one this last week and then this week coming into the tennessee titans game so that is it for the first half make sure to stick around and then when we come back from the break i'll be talking about the buffalo bills injury report from thursday because of course i record these on thursday and then we will talk about the matchup with the tennessee titans and then we'll get you guys rolling on your friday this has been jake this has been the lowdown on the built in buffalo podcast network and i will see you guys after this break that the buffalo bills uh, beat up on a few bad teams, which, you know, the beat up is a understatement. They absolutely obliterated teams like that. I'm sorry, but the fact that you want to say, hey, these teams are bad, you know, you should have beat them. They beat them 
but they destroyed them. There's a difference because a lot of times, especially in the past, Bills teams have played down to their competition in games that shouldn't have been close at all, ended up being close. This Bills team did not do that. Welcome everybody back to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is the lowdown only on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. And this is part two, the second half of our podcast this week. And man, I am still fired up. Now the first half, of course, you just listened to it. So, you know, talked about the Chiefs significance of that game and what we need to do going forward. And this is the half of the show where we get to talk about moving forward. And what do we have this week, ladies and gentlemen? Well, not only do we just get to continue revenge week, because uh, a lot of people, and I'm sure you can remember, exactly what happened last year when we played the Tennessee Titans. And we'll talk about that when I get to the Tennessee Titans game. But of course, like always, we got to talk about Thursday's injury report and thank the Lord, this week is not that much worse than last week. My God, last week's was horrendous. I think I probably spent around like five, six minutes having to talk about the injury report. And this week, there are only one, two, three, four, five people on the injury report. And one of them is a vet rest. So technically, there are only four people on the injury report. And now let's get into who those people were. Mario Addison was on there. He was the vet rest. Don't worry. We still got another one of those pieces to our pass rush. No need to worry. Ryan Bates, of course, we know offensive line depth. He had a ankle injury and he was limited today. So as long as he was limited, that's good with me. That tells me that Ryan Bates is probably going to be just fine. Rolling in as depth against the Tennessee Titans. Next one, John Feliciano. Elbow full so you know what that means he's going to be just fine going in and feliciano honestly don't know if he uh keeps his spot as a starting lineman but i'm I'm not here to talk about that right now i think that feliciano is technically the weakest link right now with the you know switch up of daryl williams moving into guard getting cody ford out of here and then, you know, having Feliciano there. So, you know, I, I, I don't know exactly what to make of John Feliciano. Uh, is this going to be one of those cases where we do take the out that was put in the contract that we gave him? I think it is probably a really good possibility that uh, Feliciano could not be on this team next year if we realize that, you know, there is a reason that we need to upgrade our depth at the guard position. So... Next one, Taiwan Jones did not participate. Obviously, he has a hamstring injury. He had it last week, and he's still not participating, so it must have been a severe or you know, a, a little bit more serious than Matt Milano's, who is the next guy on our injury report. Matt Milano is limited, and honestly, when it comes to the Matt Milano stuff, I'm going to you know just put this right here is that I don't think Milano plays this game. And I, you know, kind of don't want Matt Milano to play this game. Obviously, Matt Milano playing gives us the best chance to win. And obviously, you want the best chance to win. But I think that Matt Milano, you know, if it is as, you know, it's not super serious, but if it is kind of serious, I could see the coaching staff going, hey, you know, he'll be limited probably all week and then questionable for the game. And may- maybe he plays, maybe he suits up and he's on a limited snap count. Who knows? I think one of the big things is if 
Matt Milano does not play this week, then the next week we have the bye. So that gives him three whole weeks to recover from this hamstring and be able to come back at full strength, which if a lot of you remember last year when he came back after his injury, he was pretty much good for the rest of the season. So Matt Milano, he was limited. We'll see what that looks like on Friday and going forward. Obviously, if you do want the most up-to-date information on that, make sure to check out me, my boy Justice, and Izzy, and a guest of our choosing every Friday night. First round by the Friday night guys under the Friday night lights, giving you all the talk you need heading into the weekend, especially on a Friday night. Just turn it on, chill out, and you're going to have a blast. It's always a good time. And there was a little preview of it that you know went up on Monday with the wind chill factor. We did it live on Monday talking about things, and that was awesome. That was a great conversation. I can't imagine what it's going to be like when we get Izzy in there, so you're not going to want to miss that. But... We all know what it is. It's Titans week, everybody. Remembering what the Titans did to us is exactly what the Buffalo Bills are doing. And of course, we're not going to talk about it, right? Oh, it's just another game. You know, we're going to go in and we're going to play like the Buffalo Bills have not forgotten what happened to them last year when the Tennessee Titans decided that we don't give a damn about your COVID rules, NFL, Mr. Roger Goodell. We do not care about your COVID rules. And you know what? We're not going to wear a mask, and we're going to cause an outbreak, and we're going to make the whole NFL hate us. And then, after the whole NFL hate us, then we're going to be like, hey, you know what? Everybody doesn't like us. It's us against the world. When in reality, you put yourself in that situation. You guys are the bad guys. How are you going to make it you against the world? But then they come back after delay, like canceling a game, having to reschedule it. But then also delaying a game that made the Buffalo Bills not only have to prepare for the Chiefs, but also possibly had to prepare for the Titans because they didn't know if they didn't play the Titans, they still had to play the Chiefs on Thursday night. But if they played the Titans, they didn't have to play the Chiefs on Thursday night. So it was definitely a whole situation. You all remember it. I don't have to go into it. It really gets me hot. But what <laughs> what I what I really got to say about that game is that it's weird. It was a weird game, man. Uh, Definitely the Tennessee Titans took advantage in a couple of ways in that game, and it was definitely something that I will talk about when I talk about our keys to win. But just talking about that game, everybody's going, all right, it's the Tennessee Titans. You know, it's a revenge game. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills are going to be like, hey, they put a whooping on us last year, and we are going to repay the favor this year. Because honestly, if you think about it, the Buffalo Bills kind of have the advantage just in the game is that, you know, the Titans won that game, but I believe the last two before that, the Bills won. So definitely going to be talking about that along with everybody's like, hey, Derrick Henry. You know, he's a beast. Yeah, Derrick Henry's a beast. I live down in the area where Derrick Henry absolutely murdered footballs in high school. And those call it and those high school football coaches said, you know what? Who cares about having a quarterback? Just give it to Derrick Henry. Every single down. And you know what? I'm 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 glad that I was down here and we've heard the stories. We've seen it like firsthand what Derrick Henry was able to do and what he is still doing to grown men in the NFL. But one of uh, Derrick Henry's weaknesses seems to be the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, a lot of people are like, hey, how are we going to stop Derrick Henry? Oh, my God. Derrick Henry this, Derrick Henry that. Let me calm your nerves, Bills Mafia, because this is what we're talking about. The last three times that the Buffalo Bills have played 
Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has had 57 yards in 2020. In 2019, 78 yards. In 2018, 56 yards. All three career games that Derrick Henry has had against the Buffalo Bills, he has not had over 80 yards. Never rushed for 80-plus yards in his three career games versus Buffalo. This just kind of tells you something. Now, obviously, there's more factors going into this week, and we need to talk about them. But one of those being that, you know, they're kind of a one-dimensional offense. Now, obviously, last year they were really good in the play action and throwing the ball down deep. Sometimes Ryan Tannehill was an absolute stud. But what I will say is that this year they are looking totally one-dimensional. Now they don't even have a tight end role they're able to use when losing Jonu Smith and letting him walk in free agency. Obviously, they weren't going to pay him as much as he wanted. The New England Patriots did that, and we see how they're kind of benefiting from that, whether you want to see it like that or not. But, you know, they're kind of one-dimensional. Now the tight end role is kind of relegated to blocking, and, you know, Arthur Smith leaves, and he's the coach of the Falcons now. So they haven't been running the play action effectively. It hasn't been as good this year. And one of the things that i got to say about that is it will come eventually. They will be able to figure that out. Whether that game is going to be the Buffalo Bills or not, you know, that's not for me to say because, of course, I think the Buffalo Bills, being one of the best defenses in the league, are not going to let Ryan Tannehill have his get-right game be against them. But who knows? Do the Titans have the mental advantage over the Bills? I doubt that. But, you know, what What? What else do you got to worry about? I think, you know, this week from all reports that we've seen, especially me going off of what the Titans put out today as their injury report, Julio Jones and A.J. Brown are probably looking pretty good to be playing in this game. And that means that they're going to have two wide receivers that can kill you. Two big-bodied receivers that will absolutely dominate and i i obviously i don't think that the buffalo bills are going to have that much trouble but having a guy like julio jones and aj brown secondary has got to be you know about it this week they can't just sit around these aren't bums these are two you know top tier receivers or one was a top tier receiver at one time and aj brown is definitely a stud at the wide receiver position coming in And maybe if we're just too focused on stopping Derrick Henry, they might tear us apart like they did last year with A.J. Brown and Jonu Smith. Like, we don't need that. Like, we need to be able to do certain things that I will talk about. Obviously, we've got a few minutes left here today, so I will tell you about my keys that I think the Buffalo Bills need to win this game. The keys to winning, ladies and gentlemen, offense, take advantage of the receiver death. Obviously, I think that the Buffalo Bills have one of the best receiving cores in the league, especially when it comes to depth-wise. And you know that the Tennessee Titans are going to be trying to take away Stephon Diggs. That's what teams have been doing all year. But now with the emergence of Dawson Knox, they're going to try to take away Dawson Knox. Or are they going to try to take away Emmanuel Sanders? There's too many options for them. Don't even leave out Cole Beasley, who, again, I brought up, you know, him and Stefan Diggs had three receptions in the game against the Chiefs. Apparently, the Cole Beasley thing is by design. 
And that's just telling me this right now. The Buffalo Bills, once teams are like, oh, no, we got to watch their tight end. Cole Beasley's going to start eating her. Oh, no, we got to watch Cole Beasley. And then it's like, oh, wait, no, they've got Emmanuel Sanders, too. Like, there's so many things that they're going to have to worry about. We need to take advantage of it. And I think this could be a Cole Beasley game because they're going to try to take that away. I've seen a bunch of analysts say, hey, you know, they're going to try to just back off and make Josh Allen make plays. And that's one thing that they did last year was make Josh Allen try to beat them big with his arm and made him have to take what they gave him. See, that's the big thing is that Josh Allen has matured since that game and has definitely looked better since that game. Obviously, you can say that after the Titans and the Chiefs game, Josh Allen went on a hell of a run last year. But yeah, this is a different Josh Allen. Like seriously, when Josh Allen is going to go in this game, he needs to take advantage of what the defense is giving him. I think Cole Beasley eats this game. Look for him underneath. Cole Beasley could be an absolute terror if they're not really, if they're just going to try to rush four. And Josh Allen might be able to just get it done with his legs too. Like this game could be something where it's death by a thousand paper cuts if the Tennessee Titans decide to game plan it like that. And Josh Allen could just run all over them. Obviously, if Josh Allen is your fantasy quarterback, make sure you're starting him because I think he's going to find a way to win this week and then the keys on defense uh my god one I said do the usual on Henry obviously Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are pretty much geniuses of knowing how to stop Derrick Henry so we definitely are going to want to be able to do that you want to neutralize Derrick Henry because that guy as long as he's eating on the field that's the longer you are not on the field so make them try to pass on you get as many attempts to try to get them off the field as possible because if they're just running it down your throat it's going to be a long day for the Buffalo Bills but the last thing that I have to say about what our defense needs to do is get to Tannehill now, you've probably heard this these last couple of days with all this coverage, uh, but in reality, Ryan Tannehill has been sacked 20 times. It is week six of the NFL season, and Ryan Tannehill has been sacked 20 times. Just take that in uh, with, you know, just, just sit there, let it simmer a little bit, you know, let it get its umami, its taste, let it, let it sit there and then just bask in it. 20 sacks he has on the season. I'm telling you right now, the Buffalo Bills might have three to four to five more onto that when it's all said and done because of how much pressure we're sending at Ryan Tannehill this game. And that is how the Buffalo Bills are going to get it done. I'm going to say a final score for this game is going to be 34 to 14 Buffalo Bills win. And that is going to be it for the end of our show today. Hopefully you guys liked it. I think I tried to bring a little bit more energy than I usually do. Of course, I'm not sitting in my chair, sitting here, I'm kind of dancing while I'm uh, talking to you guys, reading my notes. Sometimes when I had to pause a little bit, it's because there's people in the background or, you know, I'm trying to read or set my notes down, you know how it is, but make sure again to check me out tonight. First round by Friday night guys under the Friday night lights live on the built in Buffalo YouTube channel and make sure to check me out at Jake the Bills fan on Twitter because of course I have some of the spiciest tweets in the game so make sure to check me out on that and make sure to go check out Built in Buffalo on all platforms TikTok Instagram Twitter Facebook everything's growing it's actually been really good we've brought in social media people that have been able to really optimize things the growth is coming the family is growing and we would love for you to join it join the movement Built in Buffalo it's where it's at so again 
You have been listening to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I'm your host, Jake. This has been The Lowdown, only on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. And I will see all you guys next week. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.